Can I get a drop? Oh, uh, the rule says play it as it lies. What are you doing, Booby? What are you doing? Let's go, Tiger! Johnny, that's better than most. Welcome to Play It As It Lies. It's Masters Week. We have a very exciting interview with our very good friend, Cole Hammer. Today's episode, Miles and I will do a little less talking since the interview is a little longer than our past ones. But first, we will do a quick recap of the Houston Open and how our picks did, followed by our Masters picks after the special offer from Devereaux. In today's episode, we have a limited time offer from Devereaux Proper Threads. Devereaux is more than just a brand. It is a lifestyle created to share its passion, style, and confidence with those that love the game of golf. You can buy polos, t-shirts, button-downs, pants, shorts, swim trunks, and much more. Personally, I absolutely love my Run Devereaux graphic t-shirt and the Oasis Active Jogger pants, and they are super comfortable and made to wear with whatever I want to do. Use promo code PODCAST15 in all caps for 15% off all full price apparel. Once again, use PODCAST15 in all caps for 15% off all full price apparel. Enjoy the episode. Everybody, welcome to episode three of Play It As It Lies. Episode three. Let's go. We had our city's national championship last week. That was a good one. We did. We did. Very excited about that. Yeah. Um, Carlos Ortiz with the first dub on the PGA Tour. It's cool to see that. Good for him. I mean, I really, obviously, really wanted DJ. I picked, obviously, picked Dustin to win. I really thought he was going to come through, but happy for Carlos Ortiz. He's been a grinder. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. Like this Me one. too. Me too. Definitely, definitely earned it. He definitely oh, had yeah. to go get it. I mean, DJ played well in the last round. Just Carlos Ortiz's play was ahead of him. Played just as well. Cool 1.2 mil to the bank account for Mr. Ortiz. Always helps. Always helps. Always helps. Well, let's get into, obviously, Carlos Ortiz won. How did your picks do, Miles, from last week? Let's get into it. Uh, so, I picked Brooks Kepka to win. Uh, he played well. For top five, shot eight under. 265s, round three and round four, but didn't get it done on Sunday. Got off to a really hot start on the front nine. Um, didn't finish on the back. I think he'll play well this week, though, at Augusta. Um, I picked DJ to finish top 10, which he did. Uh, he finished tied second with 11 under. Played very well the last three rounds of the tournament, and I think he's very well prepared for this week. Um, and then I picked Jordan Spieth, my dark horse, which is embarrassing. He's even a dark horse, but I picked Jordan <laughs> Spieth. He missed the cut. 73-71, and, yeah, we'll see what he does this week at Augusta. So, um, I was one for three this week. Not too bad. One for two? I guess, yeah, one for, one for, one three. for three. Yeah, I mean, somewhere me too, I had, I had what is it, I had DJ and Brooks, except I had him in a little different order. I had DJ to win. He came in second. I was really thought I was about to have picked the winner of the week till Carlos Ortiz kind of came. Clutch down the stretch. Also, congrats to him once again. But DJ finished second. Uh, had Brooks finishing top ten, which he did, thanks to his hot start on Sunday. And Very hot start. So, he cashed out on that. I had Doc Redman as my dark horse. He did not cash in. He finished 
I think tied 60th at five over, but um, at least he made the cut. Unlike your buddy, pretty, it's pretty much like a miscut. I mean, yeah, like you finished. FM's tied at 61st, but um, yeah, can't get it done. But we both finished one for three of the week, and once again, we've tied. First two weeks, we've tied. So, yep, that's what we do. All we do is tie. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into. The big topic, or let's get into the Masters Week. Obviously, Masters Week, best time of the year. A little different this year in November, but let's get into your picks and let's talk a little bit about what is it? ESPN College Game Day is going to be there, so that'll be very interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Really excited to see the Game Day crew in Augusta, but who knows? I mean, I'm more excited about the Masters, so I could really care less about College Game Day. So. I'm all, all my hypes around the Masters, so I don't know about you, but yeah, I'm I'm all for the Masters. When it's Masters week, that's all I care about. Like, don't talk to me about anything else. When it's Masters yeah. time, I'm all in. I definitely think it was a smart move by ESPN uh, College Game Day to go, just because there's no fans. It'll definitely be, you know, I'll, I'll probably tune in just to see what their setup looks like. Yeah, for sure. Of course, but I think it's a good move. I mean, you don't. This is probably gonna be the one of the few. Probably one to few to only times Masters will be playing in November. But mm-hmm. yeah, let's get into your picks for this week. All right. Well, top 10. I guess, I guess first off, to win. Um, this is a tough decision for me, but I think I got to go. I got to go DeChambeau. Uh, just the way he's been playing a couple weeks leading into Augusta, the way he played at the US Open, played well at the PGA. So the last two majors he's played in have all been very spectacular and I'm picking him to win. I mean, he's going off with plus 800, eight to one odds. So I don't see why I'm not going to take him. He's the easy favorite top 10. I'm going to go who I think <laughs> I'm going to go DJ. I'm going to go DJ top 10. I like it. I like it. Um, he's like, like DeChambeau. I mean, PJ Championship played really well. US Open played very well. Tour Championship played very well. Obviously, he won the 15 mil. So he's been playing well. He's been prepping for Augusta. Played well at Houston last week. Um, so I think he's going to finish top 10 at Augusta. He's going off at plus 900. So second favorite to win right behind DeChambeau. My dark horse for the week. Don't bash me for this. I'm going Ian Poulter, plus 13,000 odds. He played very well last year. I want to say top 10, if not top 15. Uh, he likes the course. He's been playing there for the last 10, 15 years. He knows the course like the back of his heart. Um, I see Poults playing well. I think he's going to finish top 25. That, that is a very, that is a, that's definitely a dark horse right there. Definitely a dark horse. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So I'm going Bryson, obviously the favorite, eight to one. I just think. His video, especially the video, I think, was it Kevin Nas caddy posted of him carrying it yeah. on the range. Mm-hmm. That just kind of sold it for me. I was kind of between him, Brooks, uh, Rory, and DJ, but I just feel like his distance is just it's just too hard. I don't want to bet against sure. him. I'm taking him to win 8-1. to one. I'm taking for a top 10. I'm taking Brooks at 16-1, finish top 10. And my dark horse, I'm going with the man, Mark Leishman at 150 to one odds. I think he, he does have, I feel like Aussies do have 
some ties to the Masters. His best finish is tied fourth. In 2018, he finished ninth. So I, I don't. He obviously didn't play in 2019, but I think he gets or he finished tied 49th in 2019. But I feel like he is my dark horse. So I think he'll finish inside the top 25. I think he'll be around the leaderboard come Sunday. So watch out for Leishman. I'm watching out. I'm watching out for that miscut on Leishman. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get out of here. I'll see you. I'll see you, Poulter, hitting the water on 12. Back and forth. He's going to skip the water like Rom. He's going to skip the water. Yeah, how about it. that? How about Rom pulling out today, skipping on 16? That was insane. And you said that that's his second ace, technically, in the practice round? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's what I heard. I guess he made another ace. I didn't see it, but that's what someone was telling me. So, that's wild. Yeah, he doesn't got the luck going. I mean, maybe he's using it all. Maybe he comes out the winner. Who knows? But Rom, it's also his birthday today. So, happy birthday, John. Yeah, Rom. happy birthday, John. But yeah, I mean, that. So, we're going to cut, cut our part short today just because we have a jam packed interview with Cole Hammer. So, everybody, please stay tuned. Right, we have Cole Hammer coming up right after this quick announcement. Thank you. Now, finally, standing at six foot and a massive 165, former world number one, winner of the 2018 Western Am and part of the 2019 Water Cup team, wearing the disgusting burnt orange and doesn't know who MC Hammer is, our good friend, Cole Hammer. The one, get it. the only, Mr. Hammer. <laughs> I go. I don't, How we know doing, if, boys? I don't know if you listen to one of the interviews, Cole, but we do like a front nine, which is pretty much like five. I mean, nine quick questions. You answer them as quick as possible. You don't have to answer them all like quick, but it's kind of like this. Yeah, you get to take your time. You yeah, can you can take, take your time. time. You can take all right. long. All right. A little, just a little quick nine. Yeah. Yeah. We know you've been on small podcasts. How does it feel to be with the big boys at Play It As It Lies? I mean, I am shaking in my boots right now. I, uh, I told myself I was I would be prepared um, based on my my other interviews, but this one is uh, at the top of the list. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> All right, second question. How nervous are you? Like, let's go one to ten. Eleven? Is that even? 11? <laughs> That's a good. We'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> All, All right. right, second question. Lowest round. Lowest round. That depends on what hole I quit on. I quit on 11. <laughs> I fell out of 52 once. Uh, no, nah, 61 uh, at the West Ham. I was absolutely third. blacked out. I don't remember any of the shots. Was this uh, against Riley? No, nah, this was in the stroke play part. I don't even know. Uh, okay. When I played against Riley, I played well. I just don't remember what yeah. I shot. Do you have any 59s? No, no. 61 is as close as I've come. Actually, no. I well, Gus Wortham, public course in Houston. I shot a sixty, but it was with the raised holes, so it doesn't count. COVID rules. <laughs> I'll count it. I'll count it. I'll give it's you close that. enough. No, yeah, I'll, I'll take well, the sixty-one yeah. over the sixty any day of the week. Well, if you count it, then I'm counting it, Miles. Yeah, for sure. For you, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I do you think? Do you think you'd beat Miles with a seven iron if y'all played eighteen? That's tough. That I feel like. Well, let's think about it for a second. I would probably make a six on every par five. Yeah. And I would probably 
at best a six on all the par fives. And then I would make probably, I don't know, maybe like three or four pars somewhere thrown in there. And then a few doubles. And then the thing is, I'm making six on the par fives too. (laughs) What? I said, I'm making six on par fives too. I think I'd probably shoot around a 90, maybe an 85. Oh. So I don't know. I think we might actually have to test out that theory. Yeah. But I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the slight edge just, uh, just to give you some confidence for the rest of this podcast. So, but if it's like a five twenty-yard par five, you you're easily on the green three. Like you're putting up a bird. Yeah, I agree. But that takes three stripes, seven irons. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think one eighty, three sixty. Yeah, like five forty. So, I don't know. I mean, I'd get there, but then like, what if I miss the green from one hundred eighty yards? It's just like a part four, and then I've got to hit a bunker shot with a seven iron, and then public. That's true. You're yeah, I guess enough. you have to put with it too. You're good. I mean, I mean, I'll give you. Some I'm gonna think myself I'll give six. You some <laughs> a six. Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, UT ever win a natty in football? I don't. See I don't it. know, man. I thought you know. Hey, two years ago, we're back. Yeah. Exactly. I kind you of say that every year. year. You'll say that every year. I know. Especially this year. I mean, you don't exactly run it right now, but eh, not this yeah. year. But yeah, we'll, we'll get there's there. there's not there's nobody running it right now. Honestly, Kansas State <laughs> is running it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. Uh, 2005 might be the the glory year for us for a while. I hope. I don't know. We'll see. I thought Sam was the answer. We got Hudson oh, Card coming in. I don't know. We spend too much money as a as a football program not to have a chance to win a national championship. Something has oh, to dude. change. And <laughs> really, I think Herman's part of the answer too. I think he's part of the problem too. It's definitely Herman. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think the players like Tom Herman, so I don't know what's I don't know what the deal is. I think we're I think we have potential. Like we always have good recruiting classes. It just never ends up panning out for some reason. You all just don't do shit with them, yeah. Does not make sense? <laughs> How about you sense. come be our sideline coach, Miles? <laughs> I will. I will. I'll get Ellinger in the right place. Will y'all, you two golf, ever win a natty? When, while you're there. While you're um, there. While you're there. Rhetor- is that a rhetorical question? I'm asking. I sh- I sure hope so. I think we have the the pieces of the puzzle to do it. Um, I agree with that. Okay. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree. I definitely we, agree. We were the number one or two ranked team at the end of last year. And then uh, we're probably like four right now, but that's also because we always it's – like mm-hmm. it's like a t- thing for Texas golf to just have a horrific fall season and then like <laughs> rise from the grave in the spring, which hopefully we'll be able to do that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the cuties are playing great. Travis – and then I'm starting to play better. So, yeah, I would not – I mean, I wouldn't put it past us. We got to play well, obviously, but. All right, who's the second best player on the team besides you? <laughs> call him out. Call him out. Some hard-hitting questions right now. I know. I mean, Pearson. Just wait for the back nine. Wait for the back nine. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just going with Pearson. He's, okay, Pearson. He's, he, it's easy. He's ranked the highest, and, I mean, he's just really good at – getting a golf ball into a hole. I agree. 
All right. Who wins in a fight? Travis Vick or one of the cutie twins? Who would win in a fight? Yep. Oh, the cuties. They're like – I know. Which one? (laughs) I think both the the cuties would beat Vick in a fight. I mean (laughs) – He's obviously – he hits the ball. He hits the golf ball so good. I mean, it's so good. But he – I don't know. I would take the cuties. They're, they're little – they're little balls of menace, I swear. They're like <laughs> – they're not going to lose in a fight. All right. Who wins in a fight between Parker and Pearson? Oh, gosh. That's tough. <laughs> I think Parker – Oh, okay. calm out. Par- Parker, I think Parker's stronger. Although I think Pearson's scrappier, so it would be it would be close. I mean, they're they're, also, they're from the same DNA. Like, what? Do you, I mean, yeah, they're literally the same. Like, <laughs> it's just who wants it more. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. I think Parker's also nicer though, so maybe Pearson. Maybe Pearson's little fury would show up. I don't know. I don't know. I want to see that. I want to see that. Who's the most interesting person you played with besides Trump? The most interesting person I've played with? Oh, wow. Or coolest. Uh, Bo Butler. Does that count? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, let me – let me think. Uh, shoot. I mean, I've played with a bunch of the pros. Uh, okay, how about most interesting pro? Yeah, interesting most interesting pro. pro. I mean, I don't really want to say Spieth because, like, I don't know. I, th- I would say Webb Simpson, actually. Simpson, he, uh, he is kind of a dark horse there, but he's, uh, like, a really cool and funny dude down to earth. So, I don't know. I have a lot of respect for that guy. Yeah. But there's there's nobody like outside of golf that I've played with that, other than Trump that I've been like, all right, this is cool. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. All right, well, that's, yeah. that's the front that's nine the miles. You want to kick it off? Was that nine holes right there? Man, yeah, that's, that's the nine holes. You ready? Yeah. You ready for more? Yeah, hit me. <laughs> all right, well, I guess going off with Trump, we know you play with Trump. Uh, what's his golf game like for all of our viewers? listeners okay so trump according to him is the greatest golfing president to ever live (laughs) uh but he he's actually not that bad like he um he putts really well and so if he gets it on the green he's i mean within 10 feet it's a pretty good chance he's gonna make the putt so like, and he hits his driver straight. He just gets in trouble with his irons and his wedges. I mean, he he'll putt from like fifty yards off the green. Really? Uh, but I mean, he probably broke ninety when I played with him. Obviously, he's like, I mean, seventy. How is he? Seventy six? Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's pretty impressive. No matter where. I mean, he gets it out there too. Probably hits it like two forty, which is pretty darn good. This swing looks pretty good from what I've seen on Instagram and whatnot, so it doesn't surprise me, really. It's not bad. It's not just bad. Uh, what's the funniest story you could tell us from the round? With Trump? Uh-huh. Let me think. There's a few uh, non-PG items that uh, might be a, a story for a different time. but PG-13. Was- <laughs> PG-13. All right. Well, I was playing. I was playing with him. Um, 
but uh for the front nine we didn't really want to ask him much about politics because this was kind of during his impeachment proceedings yeah. so he was dealing yeah. with like adam schiff and all those guys yeah and uh <laughs> we so sam ended up asking him about uh the stock market he was like uh president trump like thank you for like like improving the stock market you've like i've made a lot of money recently and trump was like <laughs> Yeah, your your girlfriend probably thinks you're a genius, but you're not. It's all me. <laughs> uh, and I mean, the guy he he doesn't drink alcohol, so he resorts to diet coke. So he he drank probably like 15 diet cokes on the course. Like I didn't see him take a sip of water. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. One of the stories I heard one time that was pretty funny. I, I wasn't in the group, but Bryson was playing with them, and uh, they have like the nuclear football follows them around everywhere. And Bryson didn't know what it was, and he was like, "Hey, like President Trump, like what's this thing?" And uh, Trump was like, "Bryson, if we have to use this thing today, we're all screwed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, that's that will not be good. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. It's pretty um, cool. They just carry that around, though. But there was like ten hours worth of material. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that, honestly. Like yeah. that'll be one of the funniest experiences I've probably ever been a part of. He like, would like he would drive his cart up on the tee boxes and on the green, like right. Next to <laughs> I mean, he doesn't own the place, so like. Where'd y'all play? Trump International. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Saw a course. Yeah. Okay. Course. Okay. All right. That was a tough tenth hole right there, Miles. Well, this is this is actually not a part of the back front nine. Okay. Is, We've moved on. Like, yeah, it's we're, this is the real interview. Okay. Uh, but so obviously a couple, I guess a couple, maybe a month ago, you played in your second U.S. Open. Uh, tell us about your experience there and what Wingfoot was like. Uh, I'll tell you what, it was a lot different than my first U.S. Open experience. I think Johnny can contest to that since he was supporting me. But, uh, yeah, it was so cool. Wingfoot was sick. Um, probably the, the toughest fairways to hit I've ever played in my life. Yeah. And then if you miss the fairway, I mean, you can kiss par goodbye because, I mean, you can barely get it back out to the fairway. But, I mean, it was really cool. Like, not having fans, though, was kind of a disappointment a little bit. Yeah, I just felt like uh i don't know i'm not gonna say just like a regular tournament but there was no it wasn't the buzz out there that there was in 2015 when i played and um i think i i mean i obviously didn't play great i missed the cut um by i don't know five shots maybe it was i don't remember but uh there was i i got there really early like the friday before played a bunch of practice rounds and um it was not for lack of knowing the course that I didn't play well. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It was really cool. Um, definitely, uh, not disappointed with how the week went just because it's a U.S. open and getting more of those under my belt. So it was good. Yeah. Well, that was quite an experience. Well, I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously we knew you didn't make the cut. How hard is it to make a U.S. open cut considering you haven't made any yet? Uh, two guy. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. I am. I'm one for three in professional tournaments, though. I yeah. Made a cut. <laughs> so yes, you, sir. 
Get out of here with that question. Uh, it was. It's hard. I mean, it's hard. I, but I mean, if I played kind of the way that I know I can't, I would have made it for sure. Yeah. But that's never. That's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, how hard is it to make a use open cut, considering <laughs> Miles wrote this? But considering you haven't made one. <laughs> Y'all. I don't even know. I don't know what to do with y'all anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's hard. It's hard as heck, obviously. I mean, <laughs> you can't make bogeys is okay, but as soon as you make a double, you're so far behind the eight ball. And I started bogey, par, bogey, double. And so I'm like, rest in peace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four over through five, like playing catch up at a golf course like Wingfoot is not fun because you're not going to go out there and make a bunch of birdies. So, uh, it's, it's difficult. Obviously the field's good, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's right out in front of you and like, it's there for the taking. Uh, but in 2015, I mean, I had legitimately no chance to make that cut. I, I mean, I couldn't get to some of the fairways. Like I wasn't nearly the golfer I am now. I mean, I, I felt like, I could win the tournament when I was 15, but that was just so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, this year I actually felt like I could, honestly. I mean, I I don't lack really any parts of the game. It didn't seem like. It just – I didn't put it together. So, I don't know. Two two down under my belt. We'll see what goes – what happens from here. Now, what is it? You got the British coming up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Hopefully. sir. I got about eight months uh, – well, eight months to prepare for that. So, that'll be sick. All right. Yeah. So, we'll be two for four when we talk to you. We'll be two for four. I, I, I can see a two for four. You can see two for four, Miles? I, I see a two for four. Last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Trust me. I'm always rooting for you. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Um, so, could you – I guess – did you see Bryson running away with that U.S. Open? What were your thoughts about that? <laughs> no, honestly, because the Tuesday, that Tuesday before the tournament started, he's on the range, and he'd been on the range for, like, a couple hours, and he is just in, like, a little Bryson tizzy, all pissed off. <laughs> he, his golf ball is not going the right direction. He's, like, got his entire team around him. He's, like, basically just pouting he's like oh the ball is going this way that way too high yeah. blah 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 <laughs> uh and so i was like man this guy's already in his head and it's two days away from the tournament um but i mean it makes sense that he did run away from it because or, or run away with it because the fairways uh were so narrow for everyone that the farther you hit it the closer you were to the green and the easier it was so, like yeah. he's hitting i mean a pitching wedge into these greens and while everyone else is hitting a six iron and yeah. six iron out of the rough don't exactly do the trick while pitching wedge. You can at least manage a pitching wedge. So, I mean, it does make sense because the fairways were no no bigger the further back you were. So it was almost like, I don't know, it was almost a moot point to, like, hit it short, essentially. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what we had Bob Gersett on. He was like, he was like, himself over Bryson. Yeah, yeah man. He was. Yeah. He's a goober. <laughs> Tell him to go take a lesson himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, going back to Bryson, kind of, uh, what do you think about, like, the rolling back the ball? Do you think they should? What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, I think they need to. Yes. You I haven't really said that to. out loud. Interesting hot take, hot take. Yeah, it's probably going to end up being a freezing cold take. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think these golf courses, these old golf courses, I, I don't want to see golf courses become 8,000 yards. I don't want to see the norm become that. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that's what golf needs. Uh, I think if the ball is not rolled back, I think firm greens and tree-lined fairways take care of a lot of it. But, uh, I mean, you just – the farther you hit it, the easier the game is. And, like, you're taking these old Seth Rayner, like, Alistair even, – even Augusta, look what they've had to do to it. Yeah, I know. And mm-hmm. it's like – next thing you know, it's going to be an 8,000-yard golf course that's no fun for anybody else to play. And exactly. I, I think that – I mean, the ball distance has always been an issue. But it's – the ball goes so straight now. Uh, like even if you hook it or or slice it, it like starts slicing hard and then and it straightens back out at the end. Starts hooking hard, straightens back out at the end. Whereas there's a lot of balls. I mean, <laughs> you put some hook spin on that thing, it's on another planet. Right. And uh, that just makes it easier for guys like Bryson to hit it 900 yards down the yeah. fairway and then not have to worry about really consequences. So I don't know. It's all about distance now. Guys are literally sitting on track, man, trying to swing as hard as they can. And uh, the Zach Johnson. Um, type game just really Corey Pavin that that game doesn't really cut it anymore you know there's only a few courses a year where they can compete yeah and uh so I don't know I think I mean props to Bryson for taking advantage of the game right now like he's doing uh, incredible things and like he's not doing anything wrong by doing what he's doing he's just taking advantage of what's in front of him but I think at some point the USGA and RNA need to figure out or they need to come to the conclusion that uh Golf is not just about hitting the ball far. I so, agree. I don't I know. Agree. We'll see. I mean, I'm not against it either way. Um, but I just – technology has gotten to a point where um, golf courses – some golf courses are irrelevant. Yep. Uh, good take. Um, Definitely, yeah, I agree with that, especially in my game too. Like, there are times where I'm like, damn, that should be like 50 yards right. And it's like – it's like not as bad as it's like it should be, but like, because I also yeah. think like, you know, what I mean, like obviously with the technology, but um, anyways, yeah, uh, it's only, only forty nine yards, right? So yeah, it's, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's only forty nine. It's only forty nine. It saved me that extra extra yard. Uh, but what are your obviously hoodie gate? Um, something we've been talking about on our recent podcast. Yeah. Uh, Tyrrell Haddon, Roy McIlroy, all have been caught wearing hoodies uh what are your thoughts about the hoodie gate um did y'all see sandy lyle is wearing uh overalls this week did y'all see <laughs> no that? i didn't yeah so they were like hoodie gate is over but uh <laughs> i mean johnny knows this about me i'm pretty classic when it comes to how i dress and yeah. how i think people should dress uh i am not necessarily against the hoodie look I think it's cheesy if they actually put the hoodie on uh, and wear it. But, I mean, I don't have any issue with some someone wearing, like, a – I mean, I don't want to see someone go out there with, like, a sweatshirt. Right. I think that's yeah. tacky. Yeah, but, like, if I it agree. looks like you can swing the club in it and, like, I, I have no issue with it. I, I just – I hate the athletic jogger-style pants with no-collar shirt. I mean, the hoodie's pushing it, but I don't necessarily have, like, a strong opinion against it. Like, do what you want to do, Terrell Hatton. Like, I couldn't care less. Quit, 
Yeah, Van he's, Roy. He is one of the, he is a character. He is. He is. I love him. Eric Van yeah. Rooyen always wears those joggers. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, put on the golf pants. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, I remember one thing Tyrrell Hatton said. It was like, man, that was a beautiful shot. Too bad it's 30 yards offline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you then mic'd up every week. Yeah. Every week. Speaking of mic'd up, uh, this is – but, like, what are your thoughts about pros being mic'd up on tour? What are your thoughts about that? I think it's uh, a great idea on Thursday and Friday. I think guys are willing to kind of talk more with their caddies to give like the audience like an insight into what they're talking about. But when it comes to the weekend, guys don't need to be thinking about uh, what they're saying or how they're sounding for the general right. public to hear. Like they're they're trying to win a tournament, trying to make money. I mean, there is no way you will ever see Tiger Woods mic'd up in a PGA Tour event. No, like he's no. not gonna do that. Yeah. He's there for he's there for a reason. Um, Better get that done. But it's like it's like in baseball in the All Star game, the guys do it. They, I mean, I remember like Cody Bellinger like mic'd up last year. Like that's very normal, and like you see Tiger Woods and Phil mic'd up in their charity events. But I don't know. I think the Thursday Friday thing is is a, is fair, uh, but I I just can't see um, the, the PGA Tour players or really like the um, player advisory board kind of allowing that to happen um, just because, I mean, they're doing it for a living. It's not just entertainment. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, switching topics, Texas golf. Um, how's this fall been going for the golf team? Kind of touched on that earlier. We haven't yeah, we exactly did. been off to a fire start or anything yeah. like that. We, uh, it is what, what it was definitely weird with COVID. Um, our first tournament was at, Colonial, um, I shot a million and a half. The rest of the team, I think we came in, I think we ended up coming in second. And then we went down to Houston, played the Big 12 match play, came in fourth there. Um, but we kind of, I don't know, we kind of got screwed. We should have won that tournament. And then, uh, let's see, we went to Merido. Um, I played decent, and the team really just kind of, fell off the face of the earth. None of us, none of us played great. And we came in fourth and or fifth, actually, I think. So we've got a second, a fourth, a fifth, and then so East got Lake backwards. third. And then <laughs> third at Eastlake. But so that's because we... behind him, Eastlake? <laughs> yeah, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. How is, how is it up there in Norman? It's good Norman? right now. It's good. It's good. Like 70 degrees. Feel yeah. nice. Yeah, it's 80 here. Ball's going farther. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that was a tough loss. We were uh, – at one point, we had all five matches in burn orange. Everybody was winning, and then we slowly slipped away. It was kind of sad. <laughs> but then we, then we like, swept Texas Tech the next day. It's all five now. Yeah. So, yeah, made, the, got, flight, made got, the flight home a little better. We got destroyed. Pepperdine, but all right. <laughs> yeah. I was shocked at that. And uh, obviously, you're already a junior in college. Do you plan on finishing oh, okay. and getting your degree before turning pro? Yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely going to stay. Um, I just with COVID and everything, it, it doesn't exactly make sense to make the transition to pro golf right now. With everything that has happened, uh, like two years ago, it might have been a different case because like the like those guys like Wolf and Colin and Victor and. Justin saw like they cornered the market 
and companies were going to have to recover from that year anyways. And um, then COVID hit and obviously the economy hasn't been in a great spot. Um, so um, for that reason, it makes sense to stay. And also with the PGA Tour being, um, I guess, their season being cut short this past year, sponsored exemptions are tougher to come by. And so because mm-hmm. they wanted to give them to members who didn't exactly get the same opportunities to play as they usually would have in a normal year. So that's another reason to stay. And then with the creation of PGA Tour U, um, which I don't know if you all know a whole lot about that, but if you finish in the top five, you get like nine starts on the Corn Ferry Tour guaranteed, t- top five of your class, um, nine starts Corn Ferry Tour guaranteed, and then um, automatic uh, exemption into final stage of Q school if you don't make it to the finals, uh, Web Tour finals. Um, and then that automatically gives you status the next year. So there's – that's a big incentive to play. Um, ten, yeah. And if you're 10 through 15 on the list, you get automatic status in like Canada or Latin America, wherever you want, which is, which is good. Um, and I think that's going to keep a lot of kids in school. It, it, it's not going to keep everyone in school. Um, you'll still have your outliers like Wolf and those guys, but yeah, I'm planning on staying. And uh, we also have that COVID fifth year just in case we need it. But um I doubt I'll use that. So yeah, hammer be, time come back to fifth year. Another year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me focus on some school again. That sounds good. <laughs> what is your degree for all of our listeners that don't know? Corporate communications and minoring in business. So super exciting. It's not, it's not too strenuous and it's not too exciting whatsoever. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, so we know you made the cut. We mentioned this earlier. You made the cut last year at the Houston Open, I believe, at Golf Club of Houston. Uh, how did it feel to make your first tour cut? And I think mean, obviously this shows you're good enough to play with these guys. Um, so what do you need to personally do to be able to get out there and compete with them every week? Yeah, I think that was a big confidence boost for me. I got off to a great start, shot five under that first round, and then uh, tough conditions the second day and kind of got off to a bad start, double the first hole. But I, I managed to squeak it out, made the cut on the number, and uh, play the weekend, which was a lot of fun. Um, played with Graham Dillette and Zach Blair uh, on Saturday and then Sebastian Kaplan on Sunday. And I played fine on the weekend. Um, I think it, it was good. It was a good experience. kind of showed me um, what I needed to work on. It wasn't – I wasn't hitting the ball that great at the time. Um I'm starting to hit the ball a lot better now, which has been nice. But I think at the end of the day, it's just um, – it's the mental side. Uh, those guys have so much belief in their games. And, I mean, you look at Zach Blair and you're like, how in the world does this guy compete on the PGA Tour? Right. Like, he hits it 250 yards and, yeah. like – but he hits it dead straight and he puts the eyes out of it. So, it's like – I don't know. I, you just got to find the strengths of your game and make them incredibly strong and you have to believe in it. And I think that uh, – I mean – I took take a lot away from that week, and I think that uh, I can just build on that and um, go from there. Yeah, sure. I guess you were fifty percent at that time. Fifty percent cuts made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, I was. You're you're a hundred percent of zero right now. So. <laughs> I'm a goose egg. I'm a goose egg. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, so obviously yeah. going with the Houston Open, they moved it to Memorial. What do you think about the redesigned Memorial? Since obviously we're Houston native, uh, what do you think about the redesign? Well, considering I haven't played it, I really could not tell you a whole lot about it. 
Pharrell, you haven't uh, played it. Tom De- no, yeah. no, I haven't. Yeah. But I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play it as soon as I get back. I just, I have to. It looks cool it's on awesome. TV. I'll say that. It does. Uh, awesome. I, I was worried that the guys were gonna shoot like nothing, and that score, winning score is gonna be like 25 under. But obviously, obviously, Tom Derrick and um, Bruce Kepka figured it out uh, to where guys were gonna struggle around the greens, and they did. I don't think scores will be like that in the future. What? 12 under one, 13 under. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, 13 under. 13. Yeah. 13, yeah. I mean, I think in the future it'll be around 20 when the when the greens mature and are a little softer. But I think I, I, it looked great on TV. It's awesome that it's in the middle of the city. Golf Club yeah. of Houston was, was good, but it was so far away. Um, you didn't get really – you didn't get the attraction of the fans from downtown, and now, now we will, which is nice. It's great for the city. Jim Crane, Astros Foundation – Mm-hmm. really kind of save the tournament because we were about to lose it actually um, yeah. it was about to be off the schedule so um yeah it's been it's gonna be great for the city of houston and i think hopefully the guys like the course i haven't really heard uh but when a course is new like that like sometimes guys can get frustrated with it because the greens don't really roll perfect but yeah i think it looked great and uh, i'm excited to see it in the future all right well obviously all our listeners have seen you know, every social media account, shipping the ball through your backyard pool. Obviously, you had a really good editor edit that video for you. Tell us a little bit about who he was and how he managed to make it look so real. Yeah, well, first of all, I had a little uh, little elf in the water throwing the balls off. <laughs> uh, those, those guys are hard to get. You can, yeah. find them, you can find them on Amazon, but they're tough. <laughs> uh, no, I – I can proudly say I did not edit the videos, but if, if, if they were edited, Johnny, you would have been the one to edit them. Uh, uh, sir. He was the elf in the pool. Johnny was under there just <laughs> skipping them. I know. I was, I was trying to send your listeners down a little rabbit hole to find them on Amazon, but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that took a long, it, was, it took about two and a half hours one Sunday afternoon. Um, Jesus. And wow. It was worth it though. That PJ Tour threw it up on their Instagram page again yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they didn't even give you. A they didn't shout even out. tag you. They didn't even tag you. They they did once. Will uh, said no tag, and then they tagged <laughs> me, which was nice. That's good. I, think. I know. I uh, that was big, big, uh, big win for me. No, I'm kidding. Big clout uh, win. Yeah, yeah <laughs> big clout <laughs> one. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, oh, they, so, tagged, they tagged me. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 what's your funniest story of all time from the UT golf team? PG-13. Oh, maybe, PG a little, 13. Maybe, maybe a little. Maybe a little R. Maybe a little <laughs> R. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it PG-13. But uh, so I'm sure you all have heard of Spencer Seussman. Uh, his reputation precedes himself. He's from – California, Westlake Hills, Westlake Village, whatever you want to call it, California. And he's kind of uh, – he's his own person. We'll say that. He uh, – nice kid, but has his quirks. And uh, one morning we're playing a Big 12 match play. And uh, it's early morning. It's like 6.30. Like, I mean, we're all half asleep. We're in the locker room, like, rolling out, using our uh, – I don't know, just trying to stretch out. And Seussman walks in and – he usually is 
uh, of the 10 minute warm up theory. He spins yeah. it. He, what he does is he'll like sit on the bench inside in the locker room on his phone, or he'll just like go sit down and like, like physically attack a bagel on the breakfast table. It's hard <laughs> to watch. Uh, and then he'll come back in and he'll like use his little blue lacrosse ball um, to roll. Uh, and so we're sitting in there, like he's doing his usual routine. He's on his little lacrosse ball and he's like kind of rolling out his hip and he rolls over on his side and we're all behind him. So we're kind of like, we're staring straight at his butt and it's like, it's just completely drenched. And it looks like he is just, looks like he has just totally exploded his pants. Like it's like, he's wearing, we're wearing like khaki pants. So it like has like a Brown look. It just looks like, wow, this 21 year old kid just literally crapped himself. And uh, he's about to tee off. And so he ends up, he, we tell him about it. We're like, Seussman, what is on your butt, man? And he is like, oh my gosh, I was chafing and put like Vaseline on my ass. <laughs> it like leaked through. And he, I mean, it was unbelievable. And then he like, he freaks out, right? So he runs back to our house, changes pants and comes back. I mean, the kid must have used the entire like can of Vaseline because I mean, it was everywhere. And uh, it was just so entertaining. It was one of the funniest <laughs> moments I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Uh, well, do you have, well, <laughs> that's kind of hard to beat. What's the funniest, do you have any golf stories that are funnier? Just unteam related. Not from my golf team. Unteam related. Yeah. Uh, you know, I may have told you this story before, but we were playing at Champions in Houston. I was playing with Walker Lee, one of my buddies, Chris Minton, uh, his brother, and then uh, Austin Christensen, who I've grown up playing with. But anyways, um, we were um, <laughs> we were on the sixth hole. And Walker was down. Walker was down. Like I don't know. It was not, 30 bucks or whatever and he was like desperate to get his money back and it wasn't going well for him on the golf course that day and uh there was this Tur walker's super outdoorsy kid and uh is not afraid to do any like anything stupid so there was a turtle on the bank of uh the water and he was like hey Guys, like, if I can catch that turtle, will y'all give me my $30 back? And we're like, yeah, sure. So he, like, lines up like a, like a linebacker and just, like, takes off in a dead sprint towards this turtle. And he dives for the turtle and, like, goes over it, misses it, and then falls into the water and misses the turtle. The turtle goes in the water. His entire body goes in the water. And I mean, it was just one of the dumbest, funniest moments I've ever experienced in my life. Yeah, I wish we had a video. Uh, yeah, I wish we had a video. I have a video of it. Uh, I'll, I'll send it in. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. It's, uh, it's a good it. laugh. I'll tell you that much. The fans definitely need to see it. All right. Well, all right, well that's pretty much. Part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously, that's pretty much like the segment parts. We're going to finish it up with the back nine. Pretty much like okay. the front nine, so, but yeah.
Miles, you want to get into it? Hit me. All right. Here we go. Number one, who's the best caddy you've had not named Johnny Butler? <laughs> oh, man, I hope Will Jacoby never listens to this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, he's got to realize that he actually has to be able to carry the bag for 18 holes without dying on me. But uh, uh, I love Will on the bag. But, uh, I mean, obviously, when I was younger, my dad was great. My mom helped me win the Western but the guy who's caddied for me the last couple of years in like the bigger tournaments, Bobby Hudson, has been very helpful. Um, actually knows how to like deal with the yardage books and like has numbers before I get them, which is helpful. There's one time yeah. at the US Open I had to tell my dad that he subtracted instead of added, and uh, <laughs> we don't really we don't got we don't got time for that. Yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm yeah. kidding, but. Uh, yeah, Bobby Hudson he played at Texas, friends with like Cody Gribble. Actually, Caddy's with Cody, but Cody's been hurt. Um, yeah, he's been good. So he's been on his couch too much. That's what I've heard. But Cody, no, uh, Cody's been hunting and fishing too much. <laughs> um, all right, number two, favorite course you've ever played? Uh, man, Pine Valley, probably. Uh, Augusta's great too. I think Pebble Beach is seriously underrated, if that's even possible. Really? Um, that experience is off the charts. Um, but Pine Valley is so unique that, like, it's it gets more and more fun every time you play it because it's so hard to end up in places that you just never, ever want to be again. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It's just really cool. There's not one hole that's the same, and uh, there's just so much character there. Obviously, Augusta's great getting to play it with like all the uh i don't know the memories there and everything that's happened the history i should say and so I, that's cool obviously but pine valley is just i think on another level okay all right number three you have any career right now brooks kepka rory mcelroy if they were to retire right now if they were to retire right now yeah right he's now. pretty Okay, Rory Brooks or who? Just, Just Rory, Rory or Brooks. Yeah. I mean, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This no. hooligan over here. You're Miles. You're telling me you're gonna take Brooks. He's won two majors. Rory's he what? He's four. won four. He's yeah, won. that's two more major championships. No, they both won four. Brooks is. Oh yeah, they've both won yeah. four. Okay, but how many times Rory's won way more times than Brooks? He's won, yeah, he's Brooks. won more. Yeah, I, I don't understand your infatuation. <laughs> back, I think back-to-back U.S. Opens count for at least another maybe five to ten PGA Tour wins. Why? Because that's the hardest tournament in golf. You said it yourself. We don't, need to, we don't need to rehash on that. But it's definitely the hardest tournament in golf. He's won back-to-back. Like, okay, but Brooks is one of the most hated players in the game of golf and Rory is probably the most loved. Yeah. But we also, everyone needs a guy. Every sport needs a guy like Bruce Kepka. Every sport. Okay. Okay. Well, we have Tiger Woods. who's the greatest player. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not comparing Tiger, but I think the same amount of majors back to back US opens plus. How many more tournament wins does Rory have than Brooks? He's 15. <laughs> Just 15 more. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not even. I'm not even gonna argue with you. All right, next question. Next question. Fifteen. Uh, 
58. <laughs> Will Texas football ever win a Big 12 championship when we're in college? I mean, we have what, uh, one more year. Well, I don't Yeah, you may have two. Uh, I'm going to go with yes, just because I want to be helpful. Okay. All right. I like that's a fair statement. I think our team's pretty good. Good enough to do it, at least. Yes, sir. Fair. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, number five. How how does it how does it feel to come second place behind Johnny at the Black Horse Golf Tournament? Oh my gosh! <laughs> You're asking me what my what the funniest and my most favorite moment in golf that is at the lowest point. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was that was a time. Didn't you beat Didn't you beat everyone? Didn't you win it? Yeah, yes, you sir. Won. Yeah, with 75 in the most miserable conditions I've ever played. Golf <laughs> 74, baby. 74. First no birdies. Goes out and just fires a 74 in like 74 in pissing rain, 30 degrees, and blowing 20. And I'm just like, get me off this golf course. And I see Johnny from across the fairway. And I'm like, how you doing, man? And he like gives me like a thumbs up. And I'm like, okay. Uh <laughs> And then we get done, and he, like, tells me he shot 74. My, like, jaw dropped to the floor. And I'm like, wow, the day has finally come. And everybody else, like, they call. And the winner of our uh, Black Horse Championship, Johnny Butler. And it was one of the coolest moments. Uh, and will forever – that day will forever live in infamy. Videos on gang.golf Instagram. <laughs> that's right you gotta you gotta have the password to get in that thing it's like a steel trap yeah i know yeah, I, know. I remember the like the snapchat group me for varsity y'all were texting it like yo like i'm like plus four and plus five plus seven <laughs> and then next thing you know johnny comes out in 74 yeah, but yeah. Stay, stay on the black horse topic the same tournament you lost to johnny i had more birdies than you what do you have to say about that? I had four birdies. Don't know how, but I had four birdies. What do you have to say about that? Did you actually? I did. I did. I think that I think you need to take off your caps right now. <laughs> Captain, so hard. I swear <laughs> to God, I, I, I can tell you the holes I birdies. I can literally tell you. All right. Well, I believe you. I believe you. Uh, I am gonna say that that is pretty impressive. I, I, the fact that I'm surprised I even made a birdie that day. I didn't make it. So, <laughs> yeah. So four birdies is like unbelievable. Um, but what happened to all the other triples, <laughs> man? <laughs> yeah. Let's not talk about those. We, uh, finished like no. a 90, but yeah, four birdies. Hey, too bad you couldn't just count those four holes 18 times. I know. I know. Um, what did yeah, you shoot so, that day? Tell the listeners what you shot that day. It was like a 92. 92. Honestly, not that bad in that weather. That was miserable. I know. That was one of the worst experiences I've ever played. Yeah. But, all right, number seven, who do you have to win the Masters? Got to pick one? Got to pick one. Mm. Man, I know who I'm – it's conflict of interest because I know who I want to win. And then I know who I think is going to win. I don't think Bryson's going to win. I really don't. Mm. He, 
I don't know if you'll sell the stat, but uh, Augusta, they don't have green reading books. And obviously Bryson relies on those. And the last three years, uh, he is like dead last and starts getting putting at Augusta, which is, I didn't know that. I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, he could obviously win uh, with the clubs he's hitting at the greens. I think it would be crazy. It'll be crazy to watch, but I think Xander Shoffley is going to get it done. Oh, okay. He's been, he's been knocking on the door. He hits a rip hook, which is great for a lot of those holes out there. And he rolls it. I mean, he rolls it. So, uh, I would not be surprised if Xander Shoffley is um, wearing a green jacket. Uh, yeah, so I would not be surprised. Okay. I'm sure, Johnny, you'll be happy about that, too. 200 in the pocket. Yes, <laughs> it could be. It could be Rory, too. I, I hope it's Rory. I would like to and see it. And then, and then I'll definitely take Rory's career over Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> At that, if he, if he completes the Grand Slam – I'll switch opinions, but dude, I swear it's like comparing James Harden to MJ. Like I don't know. <laughs> but okay, but what matters more, major championships or PGA Tour wins? They have the same majors. They have the same majors, and get out of here. Fifteen yes, more times. The back-to-back U.S. Open is an extra eight <laughs> tour wins. Stop it! Hall- Stop I, it! I don't think the Hall of Fame even, would even <laughs> recognize that. <laughs> I know they definitely don't, but I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it. Uh, number eight, who's the funniest person on the UT golf team? Uh, Travis Vick, and it's because he he's unintentionally doing it. He just, like, <laughs> he's so uh, – I'm not going to say he's, he's not immature. He's just, like, innocent. He's so innocent that, like, he can't – that some of the jokes go over his head and then some of the stuff that comes to his mind, like he just spits it out. Like he has no filter. And so like, he'll just say things in the wrong situations. And it's, I mean, it is comical. I, I want to be around that kid like every day because he just makes (laughs) me fall over on the ground laughing. It's great. All right. Clear answer. Um, all right. Last one, the back nine, number nine. So do, if y'all, we have a little bet that we're trying to propose. If, Y'all, if y'all make to the Big 12 championship this year in football and y'all lose to us, our bet is that you have to mention at play it as it lies golf in one interview. Will you take that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And you can pick 110%. Big interview, and you get to pick our punishment. Yeah, you get to pick our punishment. Oh, I cannot wait. Like big interview, it'd be I'm like, saying if y'all if y'all win the Big Twelve Championship game, I mentioned you guys. Yeah, against but if we win. Yeah. Oh, against us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if we don't make it? Then nullified. 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 All right. Well, yeah, I'm in. We'll do a little virtual handshake here. All right. But, yeah. Cheers, mates. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm definitely in. Good luck. Wish you the best. I'll talk to you in two months after we win. <laughs> uh, good. Well, you better, yeah. That pretty much concludes it. Appreciate it, brother. Sweet. That was entertaining. Yeah. Yeah, that was Sorry, I kept cutting out. My Wi-Fi is bad here. Yeah, that Austin Wi-Fi. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we appreciate it, dude. Best of luck. Yeah, of course. I have nothing else to do. I'm just gonna go practice now, anyway. So. Uh, uh, Talk to you later.
That concludes episode three. Hope you guys enjoyed and remember to hit that five stars on Apple and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stay tuned for next week's episode with Patrick Welch. Also remember to follow us on Play It As It Lies Golf on TikTok and Instagram. We hope you have a great week. Thanks. Says ten, this girl won't.